Hi, this is Donna Otto in a continuing series about preparation for Easter. Preparation for Easter. And you're saying, is that girl crazy? Preparation for Easter? It's snowing here. It's freezing here. It's raining here. The sun has not been seen for weeks or months. I'm not talking about the preparation for Easter as in our menu. Well, not yet anyway. We will talk about that. Or decorations or planting the tulips or watching the tulips pop up. I'm talking about the idea of Lenten preparation. And a week or so ago, I began by giving you some basic essentials to this idea of taking some time and setting it aside. What those passages of scripture were found in the New Testament where John says that we are to prepare ourselves to follow Jesus. We are to prepare ourselves to follow Jesus. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. So we're preparing the way for the Lord. That was what John was doing. And we're preparing our hearts for what the Lord would like to do in our lives what he would like to come in and let us be closer and more ready. As moms and wives and mothers, the reality is that we still continue to set the tone in our house. We still continue to be the one who gives the orders. My grandson spent a few days with me recently, and he looked over at my husband, his grandfather, who he calls Boompa, and he said, Boompa, why does Nana always tell me what to do? He's seven and a boy and extraordinarily connected to his grandfather. And they're just like two little peas in a pod, men boys, boy, boy men. And Boompa raises his eyebrows as if they have some, you know, foreign language which Nana cannot understand. And then, in fact, they do. And then Boompa says, well, somebody's got to make sure everything gets done, Samuel. And I thought, how true, and I'm just the grandmother. But I found myself very consciously over the course of those two and a half days. Our daughter and husband and their other child had gone off for a few days, and we had Samuel with us, and I found myself, he's got to get his lunch made, he's got to get his homework done, he's got to get the bath in, he's got to get his teeth brushed, and He's seven and a boy and wandering off into la-la land, talking about everything in the Western world, including questions like, Nana, what is a cootie? And I'm thinking, how do mothers do this? I've, I've nearly forgotten. But the truth is, we're always keeping the ball moving down the road. We are making sure we are the ones. I've said this for years. Since the women's movement and since more women in America are working outside of their home, part-time, full-time working in their homes, we have more CEOs, um, women, female CEOs than ever before. But the reality is these women who say my husband helps, it's usually from a list that she gives him. And so it, it's so true that we take up this role of moving the ball down the road. And I'm asking you to consider doing that. Some of you are saying, yeah, but it started last Wednesday and it's 10 days old. It's never too late to start some preparation. For a lot of you, like it was in our household, and I'm going to talk about that um, next week, uh, we didn't do much for Easter. We bought a hat maybe and a new dress. And as the years progressed, we continued to do more things. When our daughter was younger, we began the Easter basket. That's, that'll be a resource available to you also. So 
this may be an excellent time, not too far out, but not too close. And maybe you're saying, oh, I just can't get to it this week, but next week will be better. Good. Do it then. With the idea that when the week of weeks comes, often called the Holy Week, when there is something that happens in the scripture every day that leads us to the cross, and where the crucifixion happens, and the rest on Saturday, and then the resurrection on Sunday, that you might have prepared your heart, as John is calling us to, preparing your heart for the way of Jesus, the way of following Jesus in a new and different way. Some of the things that we've been talking about and will continue to talk about is forgiveness. We're going to talk about fasting next week and what does fasting really mean. Uh, We've asked you to, to have this time as a time of examination, and you'll find a resource with more questions than you ever wanted, I assure you, over-questioned you, that perhaps there'd be one of those questions that you would ask yourself of this time. What does this what does this time look like? We've looked at the Philippians passage in, in saying whatever is true and honorable and just and pure, and we want to be prepared for that. And then yesterday, we were looking at Mark chapter 14, and earlier in the week, we looked at Luke chapter 4 and talked about these 40 days in the wilderness. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. These are to us, very clear. But to the disciples, they were veiled, guised attempts at what Christ was trying to make them aware of, that the scribes and chief priests were seizing him, were trying to find a way to seize him, to kill him. And then there would come those moments in the agonizing part of the garden, and then the betrayal. And yesterday, we talked about Judas being very ticked at Mary for breaking that ointment and pouring it all over Jesus. I had this little surgery, and it laid me up. And I found myself, really, for the very first time ever in my life, having what I felt like was a Mary experience. I'm a Martha. I'm a busy girl. Mothers often turn into Marthas. But my personality, my gifting, my experiences are all, let's get this show on the road and organize it and move along. And there's nothing wrong with Martha. Martha was absolutely essential to that portion of scripture where Martha is preparing the meal and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. A different passage than we talked about yesterday. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, why are you being so busy? And it was that portion of scripture that really called to my heart years ago to begin the process of learning what it meant to be quiet, to have solitude, to take what I take every week, one day a week. Um, I call it a Sabbath day because I'm trying to hang on to what the Sabbath really looked like in the scripture and its separation from other things. But more than that, it's opportunity to be with Christ. 
when I first read some words written by Martin Luther that said, take a leisure time with God, my eyebrows went up and down and my brain went cuckoo because I thought, what is leisure time with God? That's not something I had any idea about. Didn't know what it was. Frankly, I border on the workaholic side, so leisure time with anything can be foreign to me. And I, but the Lord kept prompting me, and so I began. I took an hour with no agenda, no Bible study, no prayer list, just my yellow pad and some books, just an hour. I tried to be quiet. I'm going to talk about prayer next week and give you some ideas for helping your prayer life during this preparation for Easter. And I, but I got quiet for just oh, a short time. And then I extended that time to two hours and then four hours and then a whole day. That took a couple of years to get to the process. Well, last fall when I had this surgery, uh, we had house guests planned. It was Thanksgiving time. And our daughter and uh, the young woman who was joining us with her family were committed to making all the meals. And so breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I propped myself up, either in bed or on the sofa, and everybody scurried around and brought lunch, dinner, breakfast to me. And I found the most interesting thing happen because I was in one place. What that meant was they came and sat by me. I thought... I got quiet, and they got quiet. You're taking this ball down the road in your house in preparation for Easter. Do your children, does your husband see you get quiet? It's not long ago on a Wednesday, which is the day I set aside to take this rest, that my husband came home in the evening, and he looked at me and he said, thank you for making this day real in your life. And I, I just thought, I've just done this as a part of my spiritual life, but never really thought about what it means to him. That's furthering the ball down the road, mamas, wives. I want you to consider that. I want you to consider the activities, the preparation. As I said, we're going to talk about fasting and about prayer, and we're going to talk about this generous gift that Mary gave us. We finish our time today, and Judas's objection. Someone told me this and just triggered my thinking. It is not found in the scripture, but it was an enormously powerful point to me about who Judas Iscariot was. And in this passage we looked at yesterday, Mark 14, starting at verse 10, we see these verses. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad. Remember, they've been looking for a way to seize him. And they promised to give him money. We know he likes money. I don't know if he's going to put it in the treasury, but we know what he actually did with it. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. And I was sitting with some scholars, and one of the scholars said this very startling but very interesting thing that I want to pass on to you as we end our time today. Who was Judas? And what was Judas's role? And do I ever get myself in a place that I act like Jews? Well, yes, I do. I mean, I can be as legalistic and rule-following and be judgmental looking at you and not look at my own heart often. I confess that. But there was another piece to it. Remember that the Jews were waiting for the Messiah 
They've been waiting for the Messiah, who was going to be what? He was going to be the new king. The king of kings is coming. The king in the line of David. The Messiah is coming. And they had a picture of who the Messiah was. Now, this scholar said, what if Judas really did have that mindset? And he began to believe after journeying on earth with Jesus for a couple of years, watching his miracles and healing and teachings and gentleness with the children and love for women and everything that was extraordinarily different than the way they lived. And somewhere in Judas's heart, he thought, this is the Messiah, but he seems to be slow. And I think I can be a political activist. I think I can fix this. I think I could start something and cause something and make everyone know that he's the Messiah. So I'll go to the scribes and the priests and I'll put Jesus on the front page. We see it happen all the time. We, we do it all the time ourselves. We want to fix the fix. We want to fix the fix. That old southern thing, if you fix the fix, God sent to fix you. He'll just send another fix to fix you. And I thought, I am like Judas. I want to get Jesus known. I want to put him on the front page. I want everyone to fill in the blank. And Judas had no idea. This is just a theory. But is it possible that he thought he was helping the process of making this Jesus known to the then world as the Messiah? And what happened was it turned south. And the gold, the 30 pieces of silver, I should say, were buried in a field called the potter's field. Well, that's all I have to say for today. I want you to keep yourself in the scriptures, girls. If you do nothing else during this time of preparation, keep yourself in the scriptures. Remember the free resources. Go to the website, push resources. You'll see easy links for free resources. There are a number of them there. There's a daily calendar with a passage that you can read. I have mine hung on a cross that sits on my table. Um, if you've never made a cross, get two pieces of wood and distress it a little bit. Go to YouTube and you can figure out how to distress it. It was very interesting. Put a nail on it. Hang your calendar on it. Put it in front. Get a candle. I've been talking to you about getting a candle and marking it down and counting the days. There are less days now, only 32 or 3 days. But maybe you just want to get a new fat candle and call it your Easter preparation candle and just light it every night for the difference, for the change in your family routine. Your kids will fight over the candle for sure. Or maybe you still want to make a paper chain for the number of days that are left. But whatever there is, I pray that you will keep yourself focused in the scripture, keep preparing your own heart as you move the ball down the road in your family for these days of preparation for Easter. There are passages listed for Saturday and Sunday, Matthew 1, verse 20, and Matthew 17, verse 4. Thank you for listening to Homemakers by Choice, and remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day. <music>